friends. I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we will be talking about A Court of Wings and Ruin. This is part one of episode three, and we are going to be doing a brief synopsis of the book. So um, if you've already read this and you don't want to hear us talk about it all over again, wait for part two. Come check us out there. We're going to be kind of diving a little bit deeper into the book. Um, but I'm going to start us off by reading the back. Farah has returned to the Spring Court, determined to gather information on Tamlin's actions and learn what she can about the invading king threatening to bring her land to its knees. But to do so, she must play a deadly game of deceit. One slip could bring doom not only for Farah, but for every, everything and everyone she holds dear. As war bears down upon them all, Farah endeavors to take her place as one of the high fae of the land, balancing her struggle to master her powers, both magical and political, and her love for her court and family. Amidst these struggles, Feyre and Rhysand must decide whom to trust among the cunning and lethal High Lords and hunt for allies in unexpe- unexpected places. In this thrilling third book in the Court of Thorns and Roses series, the fate of Feyre's world is at stake as armies grapple for power over the one thing that could destroy it. The book kicks off with a prologue. And it actually takes place two years before the wall goes up. So during the uh, big war between the Fae and human lands. So um, it it follows Reese's perspective as he's like going through a bloodied battlefield and he's checking all the Illyrian corpses to make sure it's not Cassian and Asriel because they had actually been like separated from each other during the war. So uh, a little bit of a, a background of, which he had talked about um, when they were like up in the cabin, like when he and Farah were mating. So this is like right before his like eventual capture. The book is split into three parts. Part one, the princess of Carrion. Farah is undercover in the spring court is where we left off. And um, it starts off there kind of getting, uh, you know, Feyre's like in disguise, basically. She's High Lady of the Night Court. Uh, But Tamlin tells them all that the first delegation from Highburn is coming there. So Jurian arrives with two commanders of Highburn. They are twins who happen to be niece and nephew of the King of Highburn. Um, And they give off really creepy, incestuous vibes. I am obsessed with uh, Dagden (laughs) and Branoff. They are, yeah, that's their names, Prince Dagden and Princess Branagh. They're creepy, but yeah, they're 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 so weird. (laughs) So, Farah, that night at dinner, they're like, they, you know, obviously dine with them because they're like their guests and political allies at that point. So, Farah realizes that the twins are Daimati. So she can feel that they're like trying to get into her mind. She puts up a shield and she shields Tamlin and Lucian's minds as well. Um, and like the twins realize like, oh shoot, like Farah's also a Daimati. The next day or like a few days later, I don't know, Farah, Lucian, Jurian, and the twins go to investigate one of the holes in the wall that's on the Spring Court territory. And Farah tells them there's two other holes in the wall, but it's a couple days like to get to each of them. And so they, they're like, well, we'll wait and we'll plan a journey uh, for after the summer solstice and go do that. As Farah's getting ready for the summer solstice, Alice is like, wink, wink. I heard that you visited the summer court when you were with uh, Reese in the night court and everyone said you looked happy and healthy and you were laughing. And Pharaoh's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like he made me act that way. And Alice is like, wink, wink. Um, 
Absolutely. Yeah. Reese is so evil. Right. And Pharaoh's like, yeah, definitely. And Alice is like, okay. Um, so, uh, there's a summer solstice, like ceremony that Ianthe has like rigged so that she looks all magical and cool. But what she doesn't know is that Pharaoh is going to hijack it from her. So Ianthe like has this rock on the ground that like tells her where to stand but Farah like kicks it <laughs> with her magic to the left a little bit and then um so that way like when the sun rises it travels directly over Farah instead uh Farah releases a little bit of her powers her glowy powers to like stun everybody and be like oh blessed by the cauldron her plan works because Tamlin is like wow I fucking queen uh, yeah I think you are absolutely baby you look radiant this evening and Tamlin is like she can tell he's planning to come visit her room that night and she obviously doesn't want to touch him but she does yeah she has not been putting out this whole time yeah Tamlin arrives but what he didn't expect to see was that Farah So she pretended to have like a nightmare and ran to Lucian's bedroom right across the hall for comfort. So she was like hugging Lucian, like looking like, oh my gosh, yeah, they were like, she was in a scandalous nightgown. He like didn't have a shirt on. And so Tamlin shows up and he's like, oh my God, like. (laughs) How fuck is this? Is Feyre into Lucian? <laughs> and so, yeah. Which, if you remember just... in book one, is like what he had always been like afraid of. Like, he yeah. always thought like Feyre liked Lucian better than him. Mm-hmm. And he was always telling Lucian to like back off. So, Feyre yeah. planted a nice little seed of jealousy. So, after, you know, Feyre kind of starts putting seeds of doubt in Tamlin's mind that, you know, Lucian's trying to make moves on her and stuff. Um, Farrah, Lucian, Durian, and the twins go back out again to check in on the wall. They're trying to find like holes in it so that they can find the best spot to take it down. And um, while they are out there, they run into three children of the blessed. And um, if you remember them from book one, they are the little creeps who are in a cult who like worship the high fae still. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Farrah is like, it is not safe for you here. Like you need to go home. And so she uses her powers to like, basically make them see like terrible things. And so they get scared and run off because Branna and Dagdan are like, they look like lunch to me. And Farrah's like, absolutely not. And so anyway, children of the blessed, um, run away. She and Lucian have a really cute heart to heart. They talk it out in this tent, loved it for them, Um, woke up the next day and they can immediately just smell blood everywhere. So they walk outside, Brynna and Dagdan clearly have hunted down these children of the blessed, torn them to shreds, ate them like little freaks they are. Pharaoh freaks out and so does Jurian, honestly, because Jurian's human. Like he's like pissed about it. Yeah. Um, and so Feyre and Lucian take it into their own hands and they go hunt down the bog and basically set the bog loose on Dagdon and Branagh, like as retribution for the children of the blessed. And when they return home, Tamlin is pissed because Feyre and Lucian have basically attacked their esteemed visitors that they have here. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so Feyre's trying to like defend her actions basically for what she and Lucian had did. Tamlin's having none of it and, you know, basically is like talking down to her and Lucian and Farrah calls him out on it and provokes him and he 
freaks out, similar to the night, like what had happened in his study, except this time Pharaoh's like, I'm not going to shield myself so people can see how fucking crazy you are. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't put up a shield. He blows up the room. She ends up getting injured. And so Lucian sees it happen. All the guards see it happen. And so again, just starts kind of planting seeds of doubt into the heads of basically everyone Tamlin has working for him. They're like, oh, like he's a little unstable and he's willing to hurt this lady who has like risked her life for all of Prithian, like the savior of Prithian and yeah. treated, like garbage. Yeah. And with Pharaoh's stunt at like summer solstice, like not only do they see her as the savior of Prithian, but they think she's like cauldron blessed and mm-hmm. like all this other like stuff. So they are like absolutely appalled that Tamlin would harm Pharaoh and Pharaoh like pretends to be like yeah doesn't let herself heal and like has like all these bruises and scratches on her face and like looks like she like got the shit beat out of her (laughs) (laughs) which I mean it probably hurt (laughs) and this whole time Reese is like still kind of feeling her through the bond Mm -hmm. um like they have a very very muted bond but they're still talking a little bit because they're afraid um they'll be able to smell the mating bond essentially on them so they're being very careful and so Reese is like he is a dead man to me like he's not walking the face of this earth ever again yeah Reese is pissed moving on from from that night I am the she just can't stop being a horrible person like for the life of her girl she is just a power hungry hoe so this whole time she's been plotting and Feyre knows exactly what she's doing um Tamlin's an idiot so he doesn't notice but She has been, like, constructing this story about, like, some Naga, like, infiltrating the spring court, Um, but she's behind it. Like, she's the reason that they get in, and she, like, puts all the blame on a, uh, one of Tamlin's sentries, and that sentry gets, like, caught or whatever, and Feyre releases the, um, glamour that was put on his mind to help him remember that it was Ianthe who framed him so he's like it was her like she did all of this and Ianthe was like who me like little couldn't old be me uh, couldn't be me so Pharaoh's like Tamlin like we have to hear the sentry's story and Tamlin refuses he takes Ianthe's side and all of the sentries are like who literally betrayed them like weeks before like they literally just forgave her like a few days before this yeah and also like the centuries not only are they like pissed that that he would trust Ianthe who literally already betrayed his trust but they were like they were the ones who were going over the wall for in the first book trying to um sacrifice themselves to who ended up in era um yeah so they were trying to sacrifice themselves to end Amarantha's curse which was all Tamlin's fault in the first place so right. they're really pissed yeah because um, little bitch ass Ianthe escaped over to Val Valahan or whatever and like mm-hmm. wasn't even there for it. and they're like and you're gonna trust this lady oh yeah she was hiding she was doing who knows what something shady strange. stuff <laughs> So that happens. More doubt is is brewing against Tamlin and they have made plans to go find like the last hole in the wall that's on spring court territory. And this time Ianthe is like, Tamlin, you and I need to go. And family vacation. Yeah. So (laughs) Pharaoh's like, all right. Anyway, she, Farah like, gets some information out of the twins about, like, Highburn um, and their armies and whatnot, and so when Tamlin and Jurian go out to hunt for some more food, she's like, this is my time, like, I need to escape, 
So as she's like escaping, she overhears uh, Ianthe's voice and Lucian's voice. And she can tell like Ianthe is like trying to come on to Lucian, but she's like, mm, it's not really my business. Like I got to flee. But then uh, she like, she feels too bad. So she goes and finds out that Lucian is actually like shackled by uh, chains that mute like the high fae powers and so i am these full on going to sexually assault and or rape this man um <laughs> trigger warning like she tried to do with reese um yeah it's it's she's a horrible horrible person like horrible lady. um so pharaoh shows up and she is obviously like absolutely not so she uses her daimati powers which ianthe didn't know she had to slip into ianthe's mind cause her to pick up a rock and smash the ever-loving shit out of her own hand and pharaoh was like if you ever try to touch another person against their will again like you'll look at that hand and you'll remember why you don't do that because there's consequences Mm -hmm. and so she like like zombifies her mind and you know like kind of fucks fucks her up up. (laughs) yeah she fucks her up good yeah so you know, Farrah ends up leaving Ianthe, just kind of, like, bleeding out on this rock, and <laughs> he's like, eh, she'll be okay, and, like, picks up Lucian, he's like, where are you going, and she's like, don't worry about it, clearly she is, like, escaping back to the night court, Lucian knows exactly what she's doing, because not for a single second did Lucian believe that Farrah was there out of the goodness of her heart, <laughs> yeah, um, has just been onto her this entire time. Um, so as they're talking, the twins, creepy Tweedledee, Tweedledum, walk out of the forest, announce their presence, um, having witnessed all of this, um, like what they did to Ianthe, basically like let Farrah know, like, hey, have you been feeling like kind of weird lately? And she's like, as a matter of fact, yes, I have. Like, why do you ask? Is the and flu like, oh. going around? They're like, oh, we've been um, putting like feybane in your food since we've gotten here, um, which is something that they cultivate specially in hybrid. Basically, it like blocks the powers of the fey. And so she had noticed like she wasn't healing very quickly. She couldn't really use her bond very well. And it's all because they've been like slowly, po- her, them and Ianthe had been like slowly poisoning her this entire time. And so at this point, like she has zero powers and realizing, you know, they're in a pretty not great situation. Feyre starts attacking the twins, like trying to get out of there. She's like, I got to get back to my mate. Like I cannot winnow at this point in time. Um, just very upset. And so she ends up killing Branna and Dagden, they both die. And she tells Ianthony to tell the others basically that the two of them had attacked her and she had fled. Lucian then, of course, insists on coming with her and he's like, I cannot fucking stay here anymore. And also he just wants to see his mate. He wants to see Elaine because Pharaoh is basically telling them Reese is this bad guy, but he won't hurt her sisters. Like, don't worry about it. And Lucian's like, "Mm, I'll see it when I believe it. And so he insists on coming with her. Um, And that kind of leads us to part two, which is called Curse Breaker. Yeah. So Farah and Lucian are sneaking through like the little um, like cave system kind of uh, into the outskirts of the autumn court. So they have to pass through the autumn court to to get where they're going because they can't winnow. And that's not a great place to be because if you recall, uh, Lucian's family is the Autumn Court and they like Loki want to kill him. A couple days pass, like they're traveling. But one night when they're, they're sleeping in a cave overnight, they wake up in the early morning to some of Lucian's brothers, including Eris, 
who was the guy that Moore was betrothed to. So Feyre and Lucian are like, shit, shit, shit. Because their powers are still really weak. Like, they're weak themselves. They haven't really been eating well or anything. Um, but Feyre and Lucian managed to get enough power out to kind of, like, bring the cave down and, like, trap his brothers inside. And they take off running. So they make it to the Winter Court lands. And Which they... is terrifying. <laughs> it is this giant open plain of just ice there's no shelter there's nothing to hide them but they're like surely though like it's fine because lucian's brothers won't won't come into an enemy territory basically and so they're trying to cross the ice but guess what uh those autumn court boys they're brave um they show up anyway and they their like family power is fire so they start melting the ice that Feyre and Lucian are trying to walk on. Unfortunately, they're also shooting arrows at them. And a couple of them like hit Feyre. So she's like, oof, you know, I'm going down. Like I'm in pain. She ends up getting snagged by the hair. <laughs> Lucian, or sorry, Eris literally is dragging her across the ground by her hair. <laughs> is it not kind? It's very ruthless uh barbaric meanwhile lucian's fighting off the other two brothers all of a sudden cassian and Azriel come they land on the ice ah it's so great her best friends they are mad they are so mad just they take one look at eris's hand like gripping pharaoh's hair and they're like if you value your life, you will let go of her right now. Step away immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so Farah kind of manages to do a little maneuver to like while Eris is distracted, um, getting herself away. And Cassian straight up just stabs Eris in the gut. Like he is pissed. And Farah is like, mm, we we're about to have war with Highburn. Like, I don't think it's a good idea to kill one of the members of the Autumn Court right now. So she tells Cassian, like, not right now, um, maybe later. <laughs> later. <laughs> but like, let's not kill him for now. And she tells the Autumn Court boys, I am High Lady of the Night Court, and I'm sparing your lives right now, even though you all deserve death for what you just did. And they're like, oh, mm, okay. <laughs> Unexpected, but all right. You know, they leave Eris and what we soon find out, their last name is Vansera, the rest of the Vansera clan. Um, back in the winter court, they fly back to Valaris. They return to the townhome. And in the most beautiful, breathtaking, reuniting scene I've ever read in my life, um, Feyre is reunited with Resand and the rest of the inner circle. They have beautiful, passionate love made that night. Um <laughs> fantastic chapter we won't get too much but (laughs) like it's actually like it's it's beautiful beautiful it's romantic it will make you very emotional my favorite part is that um if you remember in the second book every time Vera would return home from the night court Tamlin would immediately like interrogate her and be like tell me everything that happened everything you know and so when she gets back Vera you know asks Reese like do you want to know what happened and he was like no like not right now girl. not right now what are you talking about <laughs> and so like, I, think, I would like I listen I have other things on my the schedule right <laughs> <laughs> which I always I think it's just a really 
good contrast between Tamlin and Reese and how much better of a person Reese is, obviously. Um, so after their beautiful reunion, Feyre and Reese join back up with everyone else. And um, Lucian's, you know, being kind of a dick because he's just like, I don't understand still like what's happening right now. And he's like, this is a bad man. And they're like, no, no, he's not. And he's like, no, he is. I've seen it. Um, and so just trying to convince Lucian that, you know, Reese did all these things basically like saved their lives and that he was working behind the scenes. Um, and Feyre kind of gets into it with Lucian is just like, are you joking right now? Like, you're going to tell me this is a bad dude when you're living with Tamlin. You're um, going to tell me that I'm wrong? Yeah, like, <laughs> Reese kind of loses his temper, too, and basically tells Lucian, you know, one day Farah may forgive Tamlin, but I sure as hell won't. And if she decides she wants to rip him apart, I'm going to let her do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's like, and you won't stand in the way of it. Yes. So things start kind of like simmering down and Farah's like, I would love to go see my sisters because if you remember, they were kidnapped and changed into Faye. So they're probably not doing like super well <laughs> in these past few months. Yeah. Um, so not- they... Um, land on the verandas. Farah is kind of speaking privately to Lucian, telling him about Reese and how she came to love him and, you know, the sacrifices that he made. And so really just opening up his mind a little bit more to what to expect from Valaris. Um, so Farah is reunited with Nesta first. Nesta, being just the nasty bitch she is, is basically like, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> like, who said you could come back? But, I mean, she, it's justified, I guess. She's going through a lot. Elaine, poor, poor, sweet, sweet Elaine, is just not well. She has lost her damn mind, gone a little batty. Um, she is upset because she's supposed to be getting married soon to this man who hates who she is now. Um, basically, like, won't eat, doesn't sleep, just kind of sits by the window and talks nonsense all day. And so Lucian sees her and is just like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay yeah maybe and we so, should wait <laughs> yeah so Pharaoh's like yeah we're not doing this right now no reuniting you and Elaine like you can stay here but you cannot stay with them um basically like tells them keep your distance two floors away from each other at a time like she's not okay yeah so the inner circle then they gather up to have a little meeting just to kind of share all the information they need to uh regarding like intel that Pharaoh got at the spring court Farah learns that they tried to contact Miriam and Draken, who uh, live on their own like secret island. But when they like tried to find them, it looked like their island was completely abandoned and there like there was no trace of where they went. They hadn't heard from them. So Reese is then explaining how on the continent, they've been kind of like laying some groundwork, spreading some rumors like with a little bit of truth weaved in. So it has some credibility, but they are trying to create division between the territories on the continent and like um, have them turn against each other so that they won't be like a unified front against Prithian. They talk about the fact that the mortal Queens have not been heard of since Highburn. They have no idea what they're up to. Their castle is completely quiet and they're like, that's suspicious. Highburn's plan is to use the cauldron to take one of those holes in the wall and like completely just uh, like magnify that hole and break the wall. So Farah is letting them know about that. And so Amarin is like, 
well, we need to start like researching what we can do to patch up the wall because since Pharaoh's sisters were made from the cauldron, they might like possess the necessary magic to like fix the wall. So Pharaoh immediately gets defensive. She's like, no, like we're not letting them do that. And Amran is like, you're kind of acting like Tamlin right now. And Pharaoh is like, so oh God, damn. Yeah, um, Moore gets really pissed and she's like, don't you dare say that. <laughs> but Pharaoh's like, oh shit, no, you're, you're kind of right. Um, yeah, no, I should give them a choice in the matter. So Reese is like, you know what we need to do? We need to have a meeting with all of the high lords and we need to see like who is willing to fight against Highburn. So that night, the inner circle goes back to the House of Wind to have dinner um, with Lucian and Nesta. Elaine, at this point, is not leaving her room. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) Lucian is basically like, yeah, I will help you guys in any way that I can. Like, my alliance is with you against Tyburn. So Reese is like, okay, here's what we need to do. We need to go to the Court of Nightmares and make sure that Kier is willing to um, lend us the use of their armies for this war. Because the Court of Nightmares does have the right to refuse to aid the High Lord of the Night Court. It's just part of their like agreement. Like they kind of live as like separate territories in a way. So they're like, we need to make sure that he'll actually fight with us. They decide that that needs to be done. And Farah is like, I also need to learn how to fly because like I can summon wings, but I can't use them. So Asriel agrees to teach her how to fly as well. So they're all like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna get trained. We're gonna get strong and we're gonna crush Highburn. Yes. So this brings us to Reese bringing Feyre down to this secret library that we have somehow never seen before or spoken of (laughs) up until this book. Um, It is beneath the House of Wind and like apparently has just been here for like thousands of years. Reese introduces Feyre to Clotho, which is one of the priestesses that work in the library. Um, And Feyre immediately notices that she doesn't speak. Um, Her hands are like kind of like wrapped up and like her, she's very reserved, like within her hood, can't really see her face. So they're going down to the bottom of the freaking library and Farrah notices that it is just like a pit down there. And Reese tells her, yeah, like he dared Cassian to fly down there one time. He came back like terrified. Like there is some creature that lives in the bottom of this pit and like just everyone pretends it doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> they're like, it's not bothering us. So, so we're not going to bother it. Yeah, the priestesses don't seem concerned about it. So they're just like, yeah. all right. Um so Reese starts explaining, you know, that Clotho was harmed by this group of fey males and they basically like brutalized her, smashed her hands, cut out her tongue and kept breaking her body to the point where like it wouldn't heal correctly on its own by the time Reese and Moore had found her. So basically they've created this library to be a refuge for females who have been um, abused or abandoned and it's just a way for them to kind of heal and be away from society and so they're able to take their oaths to become priestesses they're able to leave whenever they want to once they feel like they've been healed some of them stay forever though which I thought was really cute <laughs> that Reese has that for them it's like a yeah. women's shelter that he's running I know um, and it's so important to him too it is especially after what had happened I think to his mom and his sister yeah. um being able to protect females that he hadn't been able to before. Oh, um, 
So I know, sad, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they find information about for- the forming of the wall, and Fair reminds Reese of what Amrit said about joining the two halves of the book together. Um, she suggests that they attempt to get some monsters on their team. And do you remember my boy, the bone carver? She's like, that's our guy. We have to have him. And so Farah and Cassian get to venture on into the prison and that's on the abandoned island um, with the bone carver. They gift him a bone from the adder and they mention that they have the book of breathings to exchange for information. So the bone carver is like, hell yes. I'm like, I'm um, all ears. Bestie. All ears. However, he is like kind of ribbing the two of them. He's like, Farah. Where the hell have you been, Loka? Like, <laughs> the mating bond looks really nice on you. You're and glowing. You are simply also no. So Farah also realizes. So the little boy that the bone carver has been appearing as, she's like, oh shit, that's like Reese. that's Reese's son. She so she notices like the facial features are a combination of her and Reese, and she's like, that's our kid. She's like, so- that's creepy. <laughs> She's like, oh God. <laughs> um, the bone carver also takes it upon himself to be like Cassian, this nested chick. What about her? Like, she's strange and is just kind of like hinting to the fact that Nesta has stolen something from the cauldron and like she is basically this whole different creature now. And that they should really kind of keep an eye on her because she is powerful. She is a newly formed fae with something like really ancient inside of her. And so everyone was like, oh. Like, that's a little <laughs> scary because like th- this whole entire time like they knew there's something wrong with Nesta like something like, is honestly, not right you hate to hear it because they were just like hoping that they were all kind of like that she would get better with time but um yeah basically he's like no this girl's death herself <laughs> um he also reveals because when they're like what's a death god like you can't be a death god he's like actually you can you know the weaver that's my sister and I also have a brother who's here as well. We don't know who he is, though. Um, like, they're all death gods and super powerful. Basically, they get their power by eating other fae or, like, taking other people's power through whatever means possible. Um, and he is in the prison to hide himself from them because they are terrifying. And so he basically put himself in the prison. <laughs> like, he didn't have to be there, but he is. Um, and he's like, if you want help in this war, like you got to give me something really freaking good because I am not leaving otherwise. (laughs) Um, And so he says if they bring him the Ouroboros, which is a magical mirror in Kira's possession in the Court of Nightmares, and find a way to free him from the prison, then he will fight with them. Yeah, so Farah's like, that's cool and all, um, but she's like a little, um, she's a little unsure of how that's all going to play out. So she goes back to the House of Wind to visit with her sisters and they're all in the library and Lucian walked in. She notices that Lucian's just kind of like staring at Elaine, like not really like saying anything. So she actually like slips into his mind to like check out his thoughts because she like, Feyre is still a little bit like on edge. She's not fully convinced that he won't just grab Elaine and like winnow away with her. Dip out, yeah. Yeah, so she goes into his thoughts and Lucian is very much like trying to fight the like instincts of the mating bond. He feels like shameful for feeling like he has any sort of claim to Elaine because like he knows that there's really no justification for it. It's really just like an instinctual thing because of the mating bond. So Feyre like <laughs> being satisfied that, um, 
he's not about to like steal Elaine away. She slips out of his mind and uh, she's like, you know what? You guys should all come move into the townhouse with us. So all of the Illyrian boys come to fly everyone down there so that they can all get settled in. Azrael is the one who flies Elaine down. And when they get there, like, it's very clear Azrael has like a soft spot for Elaine. He's like feeling very protective of her. So he's like, hey, like, do you want to go see the garden with me? And Elaine like actually accepts his invitation, which everyone is just shocked about because before this, she has not been leaving her room. So the next day, the inner circle goes to the Hewn City to meet with Kier in the Court of Nightmares. And Kier's like, I don't really know if I'm gonna lend you my armies, Reese, because like, you know, maybe, maybe I'm sympathetic to Highburn's cause. And Reese is like, okay, I expected you would be an asshole. So he brought in Eris who is the guy who (laughs) tried to kill or kidnap Feyre and got stabbed in the gut by Cassian. Um, So Eris has agreed to offer Kier a formal alliance with the Autumn Court if he fights with everyone against Tyburn. And so Kier is like, okay, but also I want access to Valaris. And Reese is like, "Mm, it's allowed, but there will be limitations. And those limitations turn out to be the fact that Reese has like mandated everyone in Valaris to like not serve anyone from the Court of Nightmares and literally just make them feel so unwelcome. Um, but like the inner circle doesn't know that right away. So Moore is distraught at this information. While they're there, Pharaoh also asks Kier about the Ouroboros and he's like, yeah, it's yours if you can take it, but that's like nobody fucking into wants it. it. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, so you have to look into it to take the mirror. But apparently, when people look into the mirror, they like literally go insane from whatever they see. And so Pharaoh's like, I am rethinking this plan then. <laughs> She's like, Yeah, that's a no for me, dog. Um so Moore and Cassian are like pissed at Reese for forming an alliance with Eris, which is like that's fair after mm-hmm. he just kind of left more hanging in the woods mm-hmm. um but Reese kind of felt like his hands were tied because Eris had found Azriel spying in the autumn court which is like Azriel, like your Azriel. whole job is to not get caught what are yeah, you doing that's like come on buddy um so Aaron actually points out that perhaps Eris would be a better alternative to Baron his father which it's like yeah anybody with eyes can see that Baron is crazy and there's also like some bloodthirsty brothers who are willing to like just absolutely kill each other and so it's like Eris seems like not that bad compared to them and we we do find some more about him um things get really tense Reese feels really guilty for how things went obviously because Moore's feelings are hurt that he, she kind of feels like he's betraying her almost yeah. um Feyre reveals her plans to release the bone carver from the prison Amran is like okay like let me tell you how I got out of there <laughs> um basically she bound herself to a mortal body which I don't remember how she did that, like where she found the body, but um, I don't know if she like created it. She didn't really specify. There must be some kind of like spell for it though, because there's extra body lying around. Yeah. They're like, here's your like selection. You can either be like tall, short, like (laughs) 
Um, but basically it talks about the being that she used to be. She can't remember anything from before she bound her body to what she is now. Um, she didn't really feel emotions before, but she talked about how she came over from the rift. So basically this giant rip opened up in the sky and she being the curious creature that she was not supposed to be, she was not supposed to be able to feel curiosity, um, jumped through it and landed in what is now Prithian. When she got there though, there were no high Lords. There were no courts. Um, she was basically in like primordial Prithian. But she gave up her immortality to escape the prison so that it would no longer recognize her and let her go free. Meanwhile, Elaine, while she seems to be like a little bit less depressed, she like will walk out into the garden and all. She's been acting really weird and she's been saying some whack shit. Farah invites a healer to come over just to check her out, make sure there's nothing like noticeably wrong with her mind. And the healer is like, I can't find anything wrong, but like, since Lucian is her mate, like he might be able to sense something that I'm missing. So she's like, just have a chat with her and like, see what's going on. So Lucian is talking with Elaine and he's not sensing anything, but he's like really concerned. So he tries like kind of just like giving a little tug on the mating bond and it like startles Elaine. She's like, what the fuck was that? And Lucian's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. sorry. (laughs) And she just like says something like ridiculously cryptic and, and it literally makes no sense. So they're all like, okay, Elaine, like, let's go back to bed, sweetie. They do hear back from day, dawn and winter court that they plan to come to the meeting of all the high Lords. And they hear that Tarquin is considering it, but he's still mad about the time they stole from him. Um, They still have like the blood rubies out on their, uh, on their heads and uh, meanwhile, like they're waiting for this meeting to come. So Farah is training in combat with Cassian. She's learning how to fly with Azriel, And she's also researching in the library about like the Ouroboros to see if she can figure out like a way to like safely look into it. So Farah actually takes Nesta with her to the library. And Nesta is like researching ways to repair the wall. Farah is researching the mirror. And so they're like kind of just going down a long hall like having a little like heart to heart but then they're like they notice something's like really off and they feel like this really bad power and they're like uh something's not right so they turn around who is it highburn two highburn soldiers and so they tell them they're like wow we only came for nesta but like pharah buy one get one deal yeah bogo sisters goddamn so they're like nesta the king wants you because you stole some of the cauldron's powers and he wants it back and pharah is like immediately we're running and nesta's like okay so she yanks nesta's hand they run down the stairs toward that horrible pit at the bottom And when they get down there, it is pitch black. Farah knows there's a spooky monster down here. So she's like, Nesta, you need to get away. Um, So she creates a diversion so that Nesta can like escape and start running back up the stairs. Um, But the two soldiers are like cornering Farah. The creepy monster in the pit starts like speaking into Farah's mind. And it's like, hey, like you're the high lady. And Farah's like, yeah, that's me. And so (laughs) it's like, nice to meet you. Like, what can I do for you? Like, can I kill these guys? She was like, that would be great. But she has to make a bargain. So 
she tells the creature like it literally is like just send someone down here to chat with me like I want to talk about life I want some company and Pharaoh's like okay so she she makes the bargain she's like sure like kill those motherfuckers um all of a sudden Cassian finally makes it down there and he like flies Pharaoh out of the pit Reese shows up and he like slaughters the captives. So Pharaoh realizes that like Elaine's cryptic messages that she has been like kind of, you know, confusing everyone with are actually like visions that are coming true. So she realizes that like Elaine had something about said something about like twin ravens coming and those two highburn soldiers were like we're the king's ravens so Farah's like oh so she's like seeing the future I guess and so Azriel is like oh the cauldron gave Elaine power like she's a seer now and so Elaine also like she's like yeah like you guys are finally understanding what's going on and she's like the sixth queen might be coming and they're like the sixth queen like that was um you know, that the golden queen said wasn't really sick. And she's like, yeah, she's being held captive in some dark lake on the continent. And so Azriel is like, yeah, we don't know much about her. We know her name is Vasa. And like, she has a territory called Scythia. And so more is like, okay, well, maybe we should go to Scythia and like, ask if they'll fight for us against Highburn. And Reese is like, you are too valuable more to be going to the girls. My sweet, precious angel, we cannot afford to have you taking a vacation right now, you silly little girl. And so Lucian's like, I could go, like, I'm not doing anything. And they're like, you're not doing anything. Yeah. All right. So (laughs) Lucian is like, yep, I'm gonna go. So Lucian goes to the continent. Literally like packs a little backpack and he is on his way. Like he's like he's like a little like on an hobbit up on his journey. Yes. He is Bilbo Baggins. Mm-hmm. Um, so things are pretty quiet for a little bit, but a few days later, Amran comes like sprinting into the town home, freaking out to let know recent Barra that there has been an attack in the summer court and our sweet little Varian needs help. And we know that because Amron and Varian, they they together. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and Varian's not officially, warning, not officially, but like they love each other. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, they do. So Prince Varian sent her a warning that Highburn was in Adriata and vulnerable because a lot of their army was kind of like spread out all over the city. Um, and so the inner circle winnows to the summer court along with a huge Illyrian army. So they have been training for this their entire lives, and they take the Illyrians with them to the summer court and basically. Farah and more break off they go to the castle they're like we will get everything here you guys kind of take care of everything over there um and so they go full badass like more and Farah just like don't even think about it just like cut your way through and we will deal with it later it's amazing um, because like it's not even hard for them they're literally just killing and killing yeah. and they're just perfectly fine they're unscathed yeah. They're totally fine. Um, so Farah calls out to Reese through their bond. And when she does that, she gets trapped into his mind. And she sees that freaking Reese has climbed aboard the Highburn <laughs> ship to go immediately find the King of Highburn, which obviously it's a trap. <laughs> God damn it, Reese. He's like, come on, Reese. Like he, he leads with his heart. He's a very yes. emotional man. 
Um, so yeah, the King of Hybrid steps on the ship. He starts provoking Reese until he finally attacks, only to realize it's not the King of Hybrid. That's an illusion. And he was <laughs> trying to distract him so that they could continue wreaking havoc upon the city. So Fire and Moore go to find Tarquin in the dining hall. This is, you know, as the fight is kind of dwindling down. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells Feyre how he assumed they'd come here to help attack them, not defend him. And it's like, come on, Tarquin. Like, <laughs> you know we're better than that. We are better than that. And um, Reese shows up, explains that the reason they stole the book in the first place was to prevent Highburn from attacking. And it's like, Ugh. it's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, he just feels bad. Like, he just wants to be friends. He wants to be Tarquin's friend so badly, yeah. um, but he feels really bad. And that's why he even told him in the first place why they had stolen this book. Um, so they let Tarquin know that the Night Court is, go- they would like to be official allies with the Summer Court and ask Tarquin to please come to the meeting of the High Lords because he was one of the big ones holding out. He wouldn't give them a yes or no. Um, so after an evening of tending to the wounded in a camp outside of the city, Feyre suggests to Reese that they move to the meeting or the meetings with the High Lord just a little bit sooner. Like things are escalating very quickly with Highburn. Like we got to get this going like right now. Um, he agrees. And she also suggests that they don't play the part of the Court of Nightmares any longer, but they should be their true and genuine selves. And um, Reese, obviously this whole time has, you know, been playing kind of like the douchebag High Lord of the Night Court Everyone sees him as like this very like cocky, rude man who is willing to do whatever he wants, basically. And so Reese is obviously way more than that. He is a very kind and giving high lord. And so Pharaoh is like, I would like everyone to see that. Like I like Belarus yeah, is no yeah. longer a secret. Um, cat's out of the bag with that. So we might as well just be our genuine selves. <laughs> So the day of the meeting with the High Lords arrives and Nesta decides to go with them. She had been hesitant, but Pharaoh was like, we could really use your testimony in convincing the High Lords like that Highburn is unhinged. So Thesen, High Lord of the Dawn Court, is the host of the meeting. They go to his like residence and Callias, the High Lord of Winter Court, and his life, his wife, Vivian, are the second court to arrive and greet the night court. Moore is so excited to see Vivian. They're like besties. They've not seen each other in at least 50 years, mm. <laughs> um, maybe longer. So they have a little reunion. Um, then Helian, High Lord of the Day Court, shows up. The best High Lord. Uh, in my yeah, opinion. apparently he's a babe. Like, he's a good-looking mm-hmm. fella. And um, they're like, who's that? They're like, is Nesta? Nesta. So Farah describes Nesta as looking devastating. She is, like, so gorgeous beyond words. But she also looks scary because, like, they can tell, like, something's off about her energy. <laughs> She's not quite right. Yeah, so they're like, who? Who is that devastating creature? And Feyre's like, that's my sister Nesta. And um, Ianthe and Tamlin like sold out my sisters to Highburn and they threw them in the cauldron. And they're like, oh my God, like what an accusation to make Feyre. And she's like, no, like it's, it's for real. We're going to tell you about it. So Tarquin and Baron arrive late along with their like little entourage they brought with them. And they start the meeting because they're like, well, obviously Tamlin's not coming um, because he's allying with Highburn only to be rudely interrupted by your yours truly tampon who <laughs> did not rsvp and tam uh tam wide <laughs> he runs his mouth he looks like a moron 
he is hurling insults like left and right and they're like tamlin take your lover's spat somewhere else we're having like, a walks in freaking like drunk and like looking for a fight i swear like yeah i picture him either being super drunk or like extremely hungover and pissed about it um he's like no like i'm against highburn and like you would have known Feyre had you not like destroyed my court from the inside out and she was like okay but like you how are we to know like <laughs> yeah you literally sold us out to Highburn in the first place so how are we supposed to know and he's like well regardless I have like intel about where they're at and what their plans are so Reese is like okay everyone shut the fuck up Hamlin <laughs> I believe you <laughs> because they're like everyone had been like giving him shit but Reese is like no I believe that Tamlin is legitimately against Tyburn so then Eris starts running his mouth and he is like getting into it with more tells her she dresses like a slut which is like completely uncalled for it's like yeah like why are you even here <laughs> yeah like Eris you you act like a slut like honestly what kind of, what kind of like you know irrelevant insult is that right now so Azrael loses his cool um he hates Eris Eris has been causing more some emotional pain these past few months and so he freaks out and literally tackles Eris to the ground and because like at this can- point like he had also like been slowly like losing it because of Tamlin and his comments and he was like don't talk about my high lady like that oh yeah and- yeah, because we didn't even say everything that Tamlin said, but it was it was very much uncalled for. All of it. <clears throat> yeah, we we'll get to that in part two. Don't worry. But Azriel, yeah, he full on loses his temper and he could very easily kill Eris. So Pharaoh's like, Azriel, buddy, this come, is you. come sit by me. Like, come sit by me. She pours him a glass of wine. And everyone's like looking at Pharaoh, like, oh, why are you treating your servant that way? And she's like, he's my family. So <laughs> she's like, Eris, it's in your best interest to just keep your mouth shut because if you insult more again, I will not tell Azrael to stop next time. And so he's like, <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Noted because Azrael could whoop his ass like mm-hmm. easily. So finally, everyone's chilled out again and they get back to business. But surprise tempers flare again who would have thought like who would have thought they would fight again so pharaoh gets so pissed this time she loses her temper and she like accidentally attacks baron with her powers which are supposed to be like a little bit of a secret still like reese told her to just pretend to only have night court powers right um but she accidentally attacks baron with like her like a different power i think it was Tarquin it was fire power. oh was it fire yeah and they're like oh. oh oh yeah 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 so she attacks him with his own power and um all the high lords are like excuse me what's that little circus trick and um she's like yeah like i wasn't going to tell you guys because i didn't want you to kill me but <laughs> i have these powers now they're my powers and like it was a gift live with it so they're all chill again and Baron Baron's mad that like Feyre attacked him so he's like I'll consider it and then he like leaves the rest of the courts they're like yeah we're in like fuck Highburn we're gonna we're gonna destroy them and I think it's so funny like this entire chapter freaking cracked me up because before like the meeting even started Reese was like everyone better be on their fucking best behavior like I swear (laughs) to god like act cool and then of course immediately Asriel is like 
I'll give you a warning. And then more and Eris get into it. And then Azriel attacks Eris and then Feyre attacks Baron. And it's yeah. like, literally he told you to do one thing. Yeah, he, it's so funny though, how Reese is like so chill about it because Feyre is like literally about to murder Baron, High Lord of the Autumn Court. And Reese kind of grabs her face. He's like, hey, Feyre, babe. Hey, honey. And then Tamlin's right in his mouth and Reese is like, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, and Feyre's like, calm down. Like they're, they're all like losing their tempers at different times yeah and like no one's supposed to be using their powers or anything and they're just like (laughs) yeah and it's funny because like Reese had told Feyre like yeah there are wards in place so we can't like attack each other Mm -hmm. which where because y'all are losing it yeah um so that wraps up like the first day of meetings and stuff went pretty well for what could have happened no one died um so (laughs) they all retire to their rooms at the dawn palace and helion comes to visit with the night court and helion is a little player Mm um immediately is just like like who wants to retire to my rooms with me like like, and cassie specifically (laughs) yeah uh, he wants to have more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he desperately wants Azriel, Cassian, and more, um, which is amazing to me. So anyway, um, Feyre learns that Helian had an affair with the Lady of the Autumn Corps. I'm like, oh, do tell. And suspects that Lucian is his son and only heir because Helian has no kids, no lovers um, to this point, which kind of makes sense why he would have so many friends in the summer or like in all the other courts. Um, yeah. But that's just a little tidbit of information we'll put away for later. So yes, Nessa bursts into the room declaring that they need to leave because something feels not right. And they're like, Nesta, sweetie, like you need to <laughs> calm down. Like nothing is happening. And so they all go to bed and Reese and Feyre, she's like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable Tamlin being here right now. So like, can we just like sleep? Is that can fine? Can just cuddle? Can just, yeah, can you just hold me? And I'm like, yeah, girl, does. of course. <laughs> can um next morning nesta gets sick but tells everyone something is wrong with cauldron and they're like okay like you said this before like what's up (laughs) a moment later they feel like this massive earthquake like it feels like this is like wave of power kind of like coming through and immediately they're like oh my god the wall (laughs) is gone like the whole wall is gone and hybern just like made their next move in the war and so everyone is panicking and so they immediately leave from the dawn court because there's shit to do now and elaine wants to glamour herself as a human and ask her betrothed to help protect the humans um south of the wall um so anyway they're back at the night court and pharah asks amarin about the creature at the bottom of the library turns out his name is briaxis um I think he also probably came through a rift. No one knows for sure what he is. Uh-huh. He's very old. Um, and she tells Amarin she wants to make another bargain with it and break the wards to set it free. Like the bone carver, she is building like an army of monsters. Yeah, which is a solid plan. So that brings us to the final part of this novel. It is called Part Three, High Lady. So that estate that Elaine's betrothed lives in, they go to, to visit it. So Feyre, Reese, uh, Ness, and Elaine show up and um, his father, Lord Nolan, is the one who like opens the door, I think. But Elaine is glamored to look human. So Lord Nolan is like pissed and he's like, you can't fool me with your fey magic, which they totally could have if he didn't already know that she was high fey, because guess who, who's there? Jurian. And Jurian has already like spilled all of this, this information about the cauldron and, and whatnot. 
<laughs> it's your boy, Jurian. What's it's up? It's your boy. Um, so Jurian is actually against Highburn and the Queens. He tells Reese, like, look, you can look in my head to see the truth if you don't believe me. But Reese is like, I believe you, but like, what? Like, why? Like, what's going on? And Jurian's like, well, the wall came down and like, I wanted to come and like warn the humans. And he's like, Highburn is planning another attack on the summer court now. And so Jurian gives them like all the information they need about Highburn's attack plans on the summer court. And he also lets them know um, more information about the Queens. And they sold Vasa, the sixth queen, to an old death lord because she was like against their evil plans to join forces with Highburn and like bring down the wall. Lord Nolan and Grayson, like they're reluctant to do so because they're assholes, but they finally agree that they will provide shelter to any humans who need it because they were like, we don't want poor people in here. And Pharaoh was like, fuck you. All right. <laughs> so they agree to like, let anyone who needs shelter come in there. And Reese is going to like set up wards because he's like, listen, your walls are cute, but I can bring them down in like literally like less than I just second. have to like wink at it. <laughs> I just have to blow it a kiss. And so Grayson, um, because <laughs> he's not done being an asshole, he literally yells at Elaine to take off the engagement ring. He's like, you disgust me. Like, take that off. And he insults her a bunch. Uh, don't worry, though, because Nesta slaps him really hard and it probably hurt a lot because she's high faith. She's very strong now. <laughs> so they go home. They return to their Illyrian war camp that they're staying at to rest up for the, the battle tomorrow that Highburn is about to, like, attack the summer court. And um, the next day, like, using that intel that Jurian gave them, the night court and summer court were, it, were able to, like, sneak up on Highburn. They like kind of glamored themselves so they couldn't see them coming and they like absolutely kicked their asses. We um start kind of getting in at this point to the actual like battle part of everything. Like we actually start seeing some like war action and like what the whole series is built up to. Yeah we I love, love war action. Love war. Love it. <laughs> we don't love war disclaimer yeah. fun fact we actually don't yeah um so they are formulating a plan to trick hybrid into thinking they're still um at their camp as they attempt to kind of sneak up on where they're staying so they have like basically been moving like the illyrian warriors like all around these different places and um, trying to like pull a fast one on hybrid so they finally get to where like they're supposed to be in Highburn. They were ready. They knew exactly. They were prepared this time. And the battle is gruesome. It is not good. Um, so Farah decides it's time to track down our BFF, the Surreal, because they need more information about Highburn. Um, they need to know like what they're planning, how they keep like cloaking themselves, like how they keep kind of getting the one up on them. Mm -hmm. um, and so she convinces more to let her leave while they're in the middle of a freaking battle. Farah's <laughs> like, I'll be right back. And so she, well, she lies her, to her. She doesn't tell her what her plan is. She like tells more, you should go fight. Like you should go help them out. And she sneaks off. Yeah. So more is like, okay, fine. Like I'll yeah. get on there. Cause she's bloodthirsty. <laughs> and Farah's like BRB. 
And then she asks Elaine if she can use her power to find the cereal. And she tells Farrah it's in a neutral territory, which is where like the middle is where the weaver lives. Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay. Like, Don't love that. Yes, we're going to the middle. Um, so Farrah winnows into the, the woods to meet with the cereal. And it tells her, that, of course, the cereal just immediately is like, yeah. we're, like, I've been waiting for you. Where have you been? I miss um, you so much. I miss you and I love you. <laughs> um, and it tells her that the cauldron is too fa- powerful for it to be able to see where the Highburn or King of Highburn is keeping it um, because it's like the oldest thing in known existence. Like, yeah. I don't know why they thought they'd be able to get a one up on the cauldron, but <laughs> whatever. Um, but Nesta may be able to track it down for powers. And so Pharaoh also learns that the spell to nullify the cauldron would drain the life from her. And just as the cereal is about to, you know, start telling her more about the book of breathings and how it can stop Hyvern, um, it is shot with an ash arrow, comes out of nowhere. Guess who it is? Ianthe. Hater. Ianthe walks out of the woods with two Hyvern soldiers. Um, they begin to close in on Farah, And it turns out the cereal refused to speak to Ianthe. She tried to track it down too. And... He was like, absolutely fucking not. You're not Farah. Like, you are. <laughs> you're my bestie. You're, you're, not you're my bestie's enemy. Um, so she cast a spell on the cereal to basically like lure Farah in so like it could track Farah's presence. Um, Farah does not want them to capture the cereal. That is her best friend. And so she runs away and leads them right into the weaver's cottage. Like the fools they are, they are just like, oh, we can easily take her in this little tiny wood house. So Feyre runs out just in time, gets out of the way. They all hop into the cabin, shuts the door on them, bloodbath immediately. The Striga is like, thank you so much for this meal. Like, I appreciate it. And Feyre's like, hopefully this like settles our score. (laughs) Yeah, like we're even now. Um, So Feyre returns to the surreal side, tries to heal it, but it is too far gone. It tells her, please don't waste your breath. Like I I am dying. Like there's nothing we can do. Um, It knew that INT was tracking, but it wanted to help Feyre one last time because she had been so kind to it in the past. He All he asked was that Feyre just stays with him through the end, like and helps him like pass on. And so of course Feyre does because she even said in the first book, like she would never want to die alone. Yeah. And so she's stays with the cereal and it passes and it's probably the most heartbreaking moment in this series when the cereal dies um it real one ups. The house elf. yeah I was gonna say it one-ups Dobby the house elf yeah. <laughs> and so and yeah just one last act of bravery um the cereal gives its life for Farah. Um, so as she's like laying next to it, um, Helian appears out of the woods just randomly. And he's like, hey, Farah, I am here to collect you and take you home. Um, <laughs> and winnows her back to the camp. So she becomes even more distraught when she learns Cassian has been severely injured while she is gone. Like um, they said he'll survive, but like he has just been freaking ravaged. They did win against Tyburn, but like just barely. Um, and the motions are running really high. So some arguing ensues between Reese and Cassian and Feyre and Moore. Cause Moore is like, how dare you betray me like that? Like you, I had your word, you were going to stay here. And then you just ran off and put yourself in danger like that. Um, Cassian again is just like, he's probably in a lot of pain and he deserves to say whatever he wants but he is like I'm fine like I'm fine I'd like to keep (laughs) battling and Reese is like absolutely not (laughs) yeah so Cassian like the reason well not the reason like he could have gotten injured anyway but it turns out that like he had kind of disobeyed disobeyed Reese's order 
mm-hmm. and like kind of kept charging ahead and ended up getting like nearly killed like, almost so, died reese like they like, gutted him <laughs> i like, reese was like part of me would have died with you so i'm gonna need you to be a little more careful <laughs> um so amarin shows up and she is like nesta we need to try to try to find the cauldron because like the cereal said that maybe that would work so they um like lay out a map and like Amran brings like these stones and bones and Nesta like scries it works they form a perfect circle around a location along the like western edge of the human territory and it's like not very far off from where the Archeron estate is Varian all of a sudden he barges into the tent he goes straight to where Amran is and he just starts macking on her this is a big moment. This is like, he has not seen her since, um, since everyone went and defended his city. Like when he sent out warning to her. So he's like, the, like, this is his you. yeah, he's like, I love you by the way. And, um, yeah, they make out. So love that for them. I do too. So, uh, that night Farah like wakes up in the middle of the night and she had been dreaming that the cauldron was watching them and Reese is like oh like that's not good so they walk out of the tent and Nesta and Amran were also awoken and they can like feel the power of the cauldron like moving around and Amran's like it's because we were all made and so we can feel it um so they feel the power like kind of just go away and they're like interesting what was it doing here so they go to check on Elaine she's gone she was lured away by that power that was like uh, slithering through the camp. So Farah and Azrael immediately are like, we need a plan. Farah shapeshifts into Ianthe. And she's like, I can just walk into the camp if I look like Ianthe. So they craft like a little um, crown similar to what Ianthe wears and use one of the, the blue siphons to like look like that gem that rests in her crown um it's like slightly the wrong color though so Farah does like deceive the guards and walk straight into the camp but Jurian is like hmm <laughs> that's an interesting costume and she's like it's me Farah. <laughs> where's Elaine <laughs> and he's like oh okay so he's like he's talking like really subtly so that like if anyone's listening like they won't be like suspicious but he's, he's like, like you're being fucking suspicious right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so he's like Elaine is in the king's tent and she's chained up but she's unharmed when Farah had walked in she noticed that there was a human like on like a rack being tortured one of the children of the blessed so she's also like hey can you get that human down for me so I can get them out of here and Jurian's like are you are you for real and she's like yeah like I can't leave her behind so he's like I guess so she sneaks into the king's tent frees Elaine and they take off running so they're like running toward this cliff and Thera's plan is for her and Azriel to like go and like take off flying with them. So Thera <laughs> is like, Azriel, no matter what, you're getting Elaine out of here. And he's like, I don't love that. And she's like, I don't care. Like that's an order. So they're running and Thera gets hit with an ash arrow and kind of like falls to the ground. Who comes to her rescue? 
hands on. <laughs> he is on his way to redemption. He's in his beast form and he comes and he's like, you know, like killing people for her. Like he's like, Farah, get the fuck up and run. So Farah, she gets running again. She summons her wings and takes off into the sky. Azriel's like hanging there. He's injured, but he's got both the the ladies. <laughs> he's like, holy shit. <laughs> with. He's like, listen, you gotta hurry because I can't leave you behind. So, like, right as they're, like, about to winnow away, Pharaoh watches Tamlin, like, take off and winnow as well. And she's like... And we find out the wind that she's had this whole time was actually Tamlin's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's, like, she has never, like, actually flown well, like, in her lessons. And she, like, feels this magical wind, like, gusting behind her to, like, help her take flight. So, yeah, that actually came from Tamlin. He literally rescued her. And so that's, like, the first moment that we see, like, a little bit of... um, Redemption. Yeah, redemption and remorse on Tamlin's part. So they get back to their war camp. Uh, They winnowed there. And Feyre asks the human what her name is. And her name's Briar. So more arranges for someone uh, from the winter court to come like collect her and, and go live with them. She's like, they have like, like they can protect her there and they have like polar bears and they're cute. So like, maybe she'll have a good time there. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds um, pretty fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good time. So Farah and Moore, like the last time they saw each other, they had been arguing and saying some hurtful things. So they apologize and Moore is like, I gotta tell you something. More comes out of the closet. She's like, listen, I I should be honest with Azriel, but like I'm too scared to hurt him. But the truth is, like, I can never love him like that because I am gay. It's a secret for some reason. She's not comfortable telling anyone else. I don't really know why that part of her character doesn't quite make sense to me, just because of how like loving and accepting the inner circle is and they all love each other so much and unconditionally her power so, is literally truth her power is literally truth there's a lot yeah. there's a lot wrong uh, with this particular plot point um love the fact that she's a, inclusive a is great. Icon, but um it is it doesn't make sense that it's a secret um but she tells Feyre Back during the war, she fell in love with one of the human queens who was the uh, ancestor to the golden queen that um, helped them like get the book of breathings. So they separated like kind of as the war was coming to a close and more like she realized it was a mistake. Like she wanted to be with her, like regardless of, you know, being fey and human, she wanted to be with her. She was in love. She literally was about to like set off and, and, confess her love for her but the wall went up that very day so she was heartbroken distraught like her whole world was <laughs> ruined on that day but also the queen was like all right well duty calls and like got married and had a bunch of fucking kids yeah by the time more can finally find a way across the wall like three years later like she which it makes sense. It does make sense because you think about like the lifespan for humans is not that long. And if you're a queen, you're expected to like yeah. take a husband and like produce heirs. But she said she died peacefully with all of her children around her. And I was like, cute. Yeah. So that brought more some, some peace. But yeah. 
So at this point, they have been living in like freaking war camps for weeks. I don't actually know. Um, and they realize Hybern is finally poised to attack the human lands and they're ready to wrap this shit up. So um, they all plan to go there to defend the humans. Meanwhile, Amran has been studying the Book of Breathings to find a way to stop the cauldron. So she has been like toiling over this book. Um, she comes out and lets them know she has found a way. She's found a spell in there that is going to help them. It'll stop the entire army. Um, and it requires Amran and the Archeron sisters. And they all need to touch the t- uh, cauldron together and split the power so that they don't all die. Um, because like the bone carver said, mm, yes, yeah, um, bone carver. Like, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> if one person tries to do it, it's going to just suck the life right out of them and they'll all die. Um, so if they could get the cauldron's power under their control, they could turn it into, uh, or they could turn it onto the king and his army and basically wipe them off the face of the earth. Um, so Fair realizes they need all the help they can get to fight and she, she's got to get the Ouroboros. Like that's the last like key to getting more creatures on their side because like as much as she wants to believe that the four of them can save the day, maybe, um, they may not be able to. Um, she doesn't so want to put she, all her eggs in one basket. She does not want to. Yeah, she doesn't want to count on that though. Um, so she needs to get the Ouroboros and free the Bone Carver. Um, so the next day they form their ranks to prepare for battle, and Feyre re- like reveals like that she has um reacts as the bone in the Bone Carver. So like they're in the middle of freaking battle. It is not looking good, and she's just like surprised. Like look what I got. It's Briaxis and the Bone Carver, and they're like, how the heck did you do that? Ta-da. Turns out she um, legit just went back to the Court of Nightmares, went and snatched up the Ouroboros, like, stared at herself and, like, fought her inner demons or something. Yeah. <laughs> Came out alive. Yeah. Um, became the master of the Ouroboros, all in the span of one night. And <laughs> she didn't even she didn't sleep at all and freed the bone carver and reese was like "Ooh, okay bet like look what i have it's the weaver so like they just had all these monsters like under glamour and nobody (laughs) knew and so we now have striga the bone carver and briaxis fighting on our side it's like looking pretty fucking good for them (laughs) so i hadn't really thought of it but okay so the monsters were glamored right yeah were they literally like wreaking havoc and killing people, but I they were like, glamored? I don't know. Like the way I picture it in my mind is that they're like a fucking dying on the battlefield. And Reese is like, but wait, it like rips off of a, like a curtain. Like, yeah. Like, and then you're like, wow, what like, is killing why? those people? And Reese is like, I'll show you. Look at this. Yeah. No, that's kind of how I pictured it. And they're just like, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Reese and Feyre are like, oh. Yeah. Like, oh, great. We did that. And so that actually is why Helion had been in the middle that day is that he was going on behalf of Resand to make a deal with the Weaver. So it all came together. They're just being little sneaky, sneaky links there and (laughs) fighting their own battles behind everything. Um, So anyway, they have freaking power trio helping them out. And then Baron, Tamlin, and Jurian arrive with all their armies, like right as they're like, shit's about to go down like they're getting there's they're sweating a little bit um they they hear a horn and look up and there they are like the forces came through love that um so they're fighting and 
basically, as soon as they saw the other armies come in, Reese's like, you need to go. Like, Feyre, Amran, all of you gals, like, you need to go do what you came here to do. And so the Striga is, like, clearing a path for Amran and the Archeron sisters to where the cauldron is hidden when Nesta senses that the cauldron is about to attack the Illyrians. Like, she feels a disturbance in the force. And she, like, screams at Cassian. And Cassian immediately is like, oh, my God, she's dying. Turns around, goes to her. Right as he does, the cauldron, like, explodes and wipes out, like, the entire Illyrian army, sparing Cassian because he had turned back around for Nesta. Um, So that probably is going to leave some guilt later on um so anyway she saves cassian's life out of the path of destruction and the cauldron sends out another burst this time killing our favorite bone carver and right before he goes he turns and he makes eye contact with Feyre, gives her a little smile and a little wave and then just disappears into ash finally getting what he always wanted to see what was on the other side of death he just wanted to die. <laughs> he just wanted to die, and he got it. Um, he went, so next, he <laughs> yeah, no, he did not suffer, and you couldn't have asked for a better death, um, <laughs> unless there's some wild shit on the other side. Who's to say? <laughs> um, so Nesta is like, cool. The cauldron has gone quiet again, and like, all right, well, let's go before something else happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so things are looking bleak. Like just when we think like they're getting the help they need, like shit just hits the fan, and like bone carver's dead striga is freaking dead because the king of hybern snaps her neck and kills her (laughs) briaxis is still fighting yes he's still out there Mm -hmm. um but anyway things are looking bleak suddenly the seraphim army shows up and if you don't remember the seraphim belong to draken and miriam and they live on their little peaceful island and so somehow they have gotten word that the battle is happening and draken shows up they also see some ships in the distance and it's being led by Queen Vasa who was found by the Prince of Merchants which is their dad and also Lucian and so their dad has come through for them after being a piece of shit their entire lives um has rallied this human army has found this missing queen and was like we gotta go save my girls yeah and we'll talk more about that in part two so Feyre and Amran are like, okay, I think just the two of us can probably handle the cauldron together. So Nesta and Cassian go to like try and like lure the king away and like distract him. And they're like, their plan is to use Nesta as bait and then kill the king. So um I got a bit ahead of myself. Oh yeah. So here's where Striga. So Striga like offers herself as a temporary distraction to like allow Feyre and Amran to sneak by. And then that's when the king snaps her neck. So he literally, he just walks up to her and yeah, like this all powerful creature. And he's just like, fuck you. It doesn't, doesn't really add up, but that's okay. So they watch the king winnow away to like where Nesta is. And Feyre is like quickly realizing Amran Amran lied about a spell being in the book of breathings because Amran just kind of like throws the book behind her and she's like okay so Pharaoh's hands (laughs) are literally stuck to the cauldron now like Amran had told her to put her hands there and they're stuck and she is kind of like pulled out of her own consciousness and is like seeing visions of what's happening on the battlefield like through the the power uh, of the cauldron so she witnesses the king show up in front of Nesta and Cassian but he's not alone he's got their dad Mr. Archeron like at night point save the day yeah and so Nesta's having a little moment and she's like 
like let him go like and he's like no so he snaps her dad's neck literally just he's fucking snapping necks snapping fingers out here i just love to snap necks so (laughs) nessa is obviously pissed and her power starts like roiling which is the king's plan i'm sure and um nesta like while she's she's distracted she's having a moment like you know giving her her dead father like a kiss on the brow and uh cassian gets badly wounded by the king when she's not looking um so she is like oh shit she runs up to his side and she's like get up like get up and he's like i'm too weak and they have a lion king moment yeah oh my god and we'll talk more about it in part two but they have a very um emotional moment together mm-hmm. and Nesta's like not gonna leave his side the king's like about to like kill Cassian steal Nesta like we'll go together yeah they were gonna they were gonna go together then what happens Elaine shoves a knife the truth teller that Azriel like gave her for protection that day she just shoves it through the king's neck like no big deal um she's like don't touch my sister just stabs him in the neck like what the fuck elaine (laughs) (laughs) who knew she had it in her so pharah she like snaps back to reality (laughs) well there goes gravity and she's pissed at amarin right away she's like are you like betraying us right now and amarin's like no but I am about to sacrifice myself. I'm sorry. I couldn't tell you that or you wouldn't agree to it. She was like, I need you to act as a conduit for me. I'm going to climb into the cauldron and unbind myself from this mortal body. And of course, Pharaoh is like, please don't do that. Because Amran told them that like the being that she was before couldn't like love. Discern between anything. Yeah. So she's like, Amran, like you won't you won't be you anymore. And Amran's like, I literally have to do it because like, they're still getting their asses kicked out. Yeah. There's no other options. Yeah. So she goes into the cauldron and comes out and she is like a burning creature of light. And she gives Straight a little bit of hell. Yeah. Pharaoh's like, wow, that's scary looking, but she gives a little glance back at Farah to be like, kind of like a signal that she remembers who she is. But then Amran takes off and she literally wipes the rest of Highburn's army. Like she, it's nothing to her. Like she is so powerful. Amran is like burning and destroying ships and army and eventually just kind of like fizzles out Mm -hmm. and they're just like, oh, well, like God bless you. Amran, thank you so much. And so Farrah's like trying to leave the cauldron. She realized that the void that was within the cauldron is now like leaking out because it's like cracked once Amran has escaped her bindings because she is this crazy, all-powerful creature. Um, she realizes if it's left that way, because what's made can be unmade and what's unmade can be made, it, the cauldron's basically unmaking the world that it made. And yeah. it's when, like take it's them all with it. Kind of leaking like a magical black hole out. <laughs> yeah. And so she is like, well, we'll do what the bone carver said and we'll all put our hands on it and hope for the best. And so Reese uh-huh. tells Farah to lay her hands on the cauldron and be a conduit for his power to reforge it. And so Farah was like, this is a great fucking plan. And mm-hmm. so they are like healing this cauldron together. She 
can feel his power repairing the cracks. And once it's remade, um, she's like, Reese, we did it. Joe, we did it, baby. Um, and she turns around, Reese has collapsed to the ground and we're like, Oh, what's happening. She's like, he's like, babe, wake up. (laughs) Yeah. Again, a Lion King moment. She's like, Reese, get up. like not even fucking around with you and she like tries to feel for the bond she's like he looks like he's sleeping no he's dead he's he so died fucking dead right now he's super fucking dead and so I, the first time i read this book i had to close uh, it and walk away for a little bit ride and I, <laughs> I i i was just like after all of this yeah yeah fucking dies and so i was Farrah like i don't want to live anymore either i was like i'll go with you <laughs> So Farrah kind of looks at it for a second and then just like loses her shit. Like just absolutely is like screaming her head off is like ready to fight the fucking world itself. And she's like, yeah. you know what? I wish I hadn't even fixed this cauldron. Like if I knew <laughs> Reese was going to die, I would have just taken this all with it. Yeah. Um, very dramatic. Very um, dramatic. Anyway, so <laughs> the High Lords all gather and she's like, do for Reese what you did for me. And <laughs> or I'll kill you. Or I'll <laughs> fucking kill everybody she's everybody gives a bit of their power and she's like one more like there's one more person and so tamlin shows up and she was like tamlin i will give you literally anything to save this man like i will do whatever you want and he just looks at her and he says be happy Feyre," and drops the last kernel of power into reese and so again just like a huge redeeming moment for tamlin um he it's not an apology it's not the apology we wanted but he finally is like you know do your own thing it's like thank you so much for your blessing but whatever (laughs) i know i know I know, but it is meaningful. But it was such a, it was a really good moment. And he was just like, baby girl, I love you. Be happy. And so it works and Reese is revived and possibly the greatest moment of my life. Um, (laughs) He lets the High Lord know he does not have their powers. None of them was gifted to him. Like, don't even worry about it. Um, I don't know why they did that for, it happened to Farah, but Reese does not have these powers. Um, He also explains that when he was dying, he found little old Amran just kind (laughs) of drifting along in the void. And so he reaches out and grabs her, yanks her out of the cauldron, like just reaches right in there. Um, She returns. (laughs) Like a little wet rat. Yeah, like just kind of like, shoop. Picks her up, returns as a high fae with no trace of her previous being left in her body. So she, once this powerful creature that had a freaking skin suit, is now just <laughs> high fae. Yeah, and uh, that is really, it explains how much um, Amryn cares for the people that she's come yeah. to love. Because it used to be, it used to mean so much to her, like the thought of being able to go back home. But like she, she said chose it was to there stay. too. Like the spell to send her home was there and she chose. Yeah. Yeah. It was in the book of breathings. So yeah. Love that moment. So the Archeron sisters, they go and have a burial for their father together. Um, it's a, a nice moment for them. And Lucian does kind of like come in to check on Elaine because like he probably is having a really hard time staying away. So he's like explaining to the sisters that their father temporarily freed Vasa from her keeper uh, at that lake where she's being held. And um, how we're not sure. <laughs> yeah, we're not sure how. 
and he does make it clear that it's temporary. So they're like, oh, I don't really know what that means. But um, Feyre goes back to her tent and Miriam and Draken are in there visiting Reese. So Feyre is like, hey, since your island is glamored and like a secret, can we hide the cauldron there? Cause like, we don't want a repeat of this. So they agree to like, keep it hidden. Uh, the next day, the High Lords and their courts meet up with Jurian and Grayson, uh, the human representatives, to discuss, like, how they're going to move forward. And Queen Vasa is like, hey, Feyre, since you're a curse breaker, can you break my curse? And Farah's like, I, like, I'll look into it. Like, I can sure try. And Farah then addresses everyone in the room. She's like, we need to renegotiate the treaty um that night they can't all come to an agreement right away obviously but they kind of like leave that meeting with like a feeling of hope and they feel like this is this is a good thing going forward so Jurian tells Feyre he is gonna go off and be a part of Queen Vasa's court and um she's like that's interesting like because you know She's still cursed, but uh, <laughs> a couple days later, the inner circle winnows home. They celebrate together, but Nesta is full on traumatized, um, not really participating. And Feyre, in a little moment of um, feeling extremely grateful to Tamlin, she sends him a note and she tells him, like, thank you for what you did, and I hope you find happiness too again just a really sad I don't know I was like sappy about that moment (laughs) it is and it's like yeah and we'll talk more about like um the nuances obviously Mm -hmm. of of that in part two but it is uh, a good redeeming moment for him so the book ends with Feyre and Reese flying together through the night sky over Valaris and she's just like (laughs) all of this was a gift all of it and it's just a very heartwarming ending yeah but that wraps up um our synopsis of A Court of Wings in Ruin um what we will do next is go over more about you know parts of the book, breaking it down, going over character development, some of the theories that we have coming up. If you have any theories or comments or questions that we went over today, email us at the sisterswarden at gmail.com. We check that every day. We love to hear from you. But as always, let's get lit. Let's get lit.